0: Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Welcome to Do Knife Live. I'm so glad that you
1: joined us today, wherever you're listening, whatever platform. We're on the radio, we're on the internet, you can go to YouTube, you can go through our app. There's so many different ways that you can listen to us, but wherever you are, however you are, welcome and again, thank you for being with us. I And you won't want to miss today. Because I have two brilliant, brilliant minds and great hearts with me. So I have Dr. Jill Hubbard.
2: Hi, Chris.
1: And Mark Cameron. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jill. Good, yes, and we're all in studio yes, so together. It's yeah. so fun to be together. So we it, love
2: this when we're together. Yeah, it's a, it, it,
1: it's a holiday party.
2: Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> right, true. Right. That it actually it, is. It is today. Yeah, yeah,
1: this today. Yeah, this evening is our holiday party, and we're just starting early. So, okay, now th- speaking of things that aren't so pleasant and aren't so festive. One of the things that I want to kind of launch us into today that a lot of people in in our lives and in our offices particularly are struggling with is if you're a betrayed partner, hmm. The incredible amount of pressure and confusion and hurt and pain and, and let me go back to incredible amount of fear. Oh yeah, of like what to do in this situation. So what what are some reasons that a person should maybe stay and, and work through it, and what are some reasons of like, hey man, this probably isn't going to work, and, and 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 can we measure that, or can we kind of see those variables? So. What do you guys think? Mark, let me start with you.
3: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Um, When oftentimes people go into denial as -hmm. the first stage of grief, right, when they find out about betrayal. And so they want to kind of put it out of their mind because it's just so overwhelming to start to think about. But then when it does start to sink in, we have these two conflicting um, systems inside of us that that go off. We have our attachment system that says run toward your partner to seek comfort, and then you also have your safety system that says run away from your partner because they're dangerous. And, can, and it can be just so confusing for folks when you have these two things going on inside of yourselves.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and I think in the throes of ultimate rejection, mm-hmm. there is that survival mode that mm-hmm. makes a person and, and people that I have seen latch on. And try to hold on to whatever remnant is there. Yeah. And so that's part of that denial. It's hard to grasp what has happened, especially if it's a partner who has done maybe more of the investing and maybe had denial all along the way that the other partner was as invested. And so it's really a shattering of one's world Mm -hmm. when you. Become aware of that betrayal.
1: Absolutely. And, and I think that those are really important things to point out because a lot of times we don't know what's going on inside of us and, and the clarity that there is this magnet inside of us that wants to attach and connect. Mm-hmm. And there's the opposite side of that magnet that can repel, that wants to keep us safe. And so it can really create that internal war and the draw. And, the, and, and Jill, as I was saying, the fear of the unknown. You know, and, and I've invested so much, so then there is a lot of loss. There's a lot, a lot of things going on in partner betrayal. Mm-hmm. and And I kind of lead the question because we don't have the correct answer for you right now without the process. but I will say this: if you're a partner who has been betrayed, it is good and right and okay to ask for the other person to do whatever they can to get into transparency, recovery, and repair. You're worth it. You deserve it. And know that their action, as hard as it is to believe, their action is not a reflection of your worth. And you got to recover your worth. We'll be right back right after this.
4: To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back to New Life Live. Again, it's Chris Williams, Dr. Jill Hubbard, Mark Cameron. We're taking your calls. We're going to be in studio for two hours today, so give us a call, 1-800-229-3000. Again, that's 1-800-229-3000. We're going to go right back, or right to the phones, we're going to go to Kelly in Fort Worth, Texas, listening to us on another platform, SiriusXM. Kelly, are you there?
5: Um, I'm here, yes, thank you for having me.
1: Well, you're welcome, thanks for being here. How can we help you today?
5: Um, So my husband and I, uh, second marriage for both of us, we've been married for three months. Uh, My husband is a widower who lost his wife two years ago, suddenly. Um, and he has two adult children, and they're outwardly opposed to uh, our marriage, uh, to the fact that they're disrespecting uh, him and his wishes, and holding the grandkids basically hostage, um, using them as pawns. And they refuse to let us see them. So I, we have, um, we just don't know how to move forward. We've, we're both believers, and we've, you know, kind of turned this whole situation over to God, knowing that it's in His hands. Um, But in the meantime, it's just incredibly difficult, and we don't know how to deal with their behavior.
1: Yeah. Have they expressed to you why they're opposed to the
5: marriage? Um, They have told their father. He's had multiple conversations with them together, and individually as well as with a Christian counselor, and their response is, you've moved on too soon. Mm,
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Jillian, so, is so
2: this is such a common situation, Kelly, and it's really not talked about that much. The differences in how men grieve and how women grieve, and it is super common for men to move on after death or divorce quickly. Within one to two years, they are most often remarried, whereas women... Mm-hmm remarry more around the five-year mark within marriages when there is a remarriage men really don't do their grieving so they jump into relationships because it's so pain incredibly painful they really do their grieving inside the new relationship at about the five-year mark. Mm -hmm. And I know that can be unsettling also for the new wives when suddenly they seem to either be pulling away or being more critical or something seems to be wrong. But that's when they do their grieving, and people just aren't aware of this. And kids especially, of course they feel like it was too soon. Their mother just passed away, and within two years, he's remarried. I mean, they're still grieving Mm -hmm. the loss of mom. And so regardless of their age, their world is changing. And typically, a mom is more likely to be the one to make a home, to do the traditions, to carry that on. So there are multiple losses here. And so I think it's really important to, one, you and your husband talk about the process of grieving and, two, to really validate these kids. Of course it was too soon. It it wasn't too soon for dad, but it was too soon for them. Yeah, And that needs to be talked about.
3: Kelly, how long did you and your husband uh, uh, know each other or date before you guys got married?
5: Um, About a year and a half. About a year and a half. Mm
3: -hmm. And did you have much connection with his kids and grandkids before you guys got married?
5: Uh, We did in the beginning. The first, you know, three to four months, um, I had active text messages and phone calls with them. Um, We went to dinners regularly and concerts and then... Uh, really it's the the former mother-in-law when she started putting her when she found out about we were going to a premarital class at church and when she found out about that that's when his children uh started acting differently so uh, we're not sure if it's um her that's putting that you know that made the abrupt change in in the children's behavior um we have you know of course I know that it's just that they're grieving. I lost mm. my mother when I was sixteen and I see a lot of um you know, I, I can relate a lot and um we we see them grieving and they're hurting. Um and he's tried, you know, making it a priority to spend time with them individually, but just the outward, you know, disrespect and, and saying you can't see that holding the grandkids as, you know, as pawns, um it's just really really
3: hurtful, mostly to my to my husband. You know, yeah, and and that's wrong, right? Because these kids, you know, your grandkids, um, you know, they, they need to connect with grandparents, and and that should be, you know, unless someone's dangerous, right? They should be able to have that relationship. Well, so what I think, Kelly, if you guys um, have the ability to to have conversations with them, if they're willing to talk with you, maybe you sit with them both. Um, together and, and maybe actually I would say maybe your husband sits with them without you first and gets them to talk about you know what their concerns are and uh, acknowledges their grief because at this point you guys are already married
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, but I think just acknowledging what they're feeling you know um, the uh, the the loss that is happening the adjustment and then maybe even apologizing that you didn't talk about that with them before, if you didn't do that. And then and then just well, offering connection when they're ready.
5: And I guess that's the biggest question is we've done that on, on multiple mm-hmm. occasions, uh, many times, three or four times uh, before we got married. Um, the week that we were getting married and, you know, now they're... Inviting him to Christmas gatherings, but you know, Kelly can't come. You know, we want you, but Kelly can't come, and it, it hurts mm-hmm. him um, that they are disrespecting his wishes. Um, and he's said, If you are grieving and it's hard for you to see me with someone, I understand we're here with open arms and love when you're ready, but it just continues. So, does he just ignore it, or does he so? Has you know, continue? Sorry, Kelly. Has he
2: asked them, like, you acknowledge that it was too soon and that he didn't consider the full impact on them in terms of the timing. But what time in their mind would have been right? How long should he have waited to? Their,
5: their, Their answer, both of them, is we don't know.
2: Okay, and then what are they needing now?
5: Mm-hmm.
2: What do mm-hmm. they need from both of you now to move to a better place? Because to just cut you out doesn't erase the fact that he remarried? yeah, right that That's mm-hmm. still the elephant in the room, and that him remarrying is hurtful to to their memory of their mom. Yeah. So is there a way to preserve mom's memory without keeping mm-hmm. dad stuck? Yeah. Right? They're literally yeah. asking him to stay in the same spot and not move so that they can somehow preserve their memories.
5: And that's the thing. They, they've told him, we want you to be happy, but we're not ready for you to be happy with someone else. So in a sense, it's like they're trying to control his life.
1: Well, I think they're trying to control their own grief. Yes. And on the Mm -hmm. backside of fear is, or I should say on the backside of control is always fear. And and Mm -hmm. Kelly, my my encouragement as, as you're hearing this is that what Mark and Jill are saying is that there is, well, let me go back to where we started the show. There is a magnet inside of us that is drawn to safety and comfort. Their magnet to the primary woman in their, you know, Mm -hmm. in in his son or daughter's life is gone. And so there's this other replacement, obviously, in the grief process. However, I believe that you and your husband can form a new magnet of safety and comfort for them, but it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to play the long game on this, not the short game. And so, you know, I do believe that they'll see that, that once they see you guys connect, once they see you safe, once they see you healthy, and once they continue to work through their own grief and loss process, you know, this can mm-hmm. come around. And, and it,
5: well, and
2: somehow, it, it, perhaps you've talked about this, Kelly, do they see it as devaluing the love uh, that, yeah. that their dad had for their mother? That how could he just so carelessly cast her aside? Right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he deeply hurting? And that's where understanding how men grieve yes. is really, I think, an important you know educational piece in yeah. the process. But for your your husband to really express that this is not a devaluation mm-hmm. of their mother and the fact that he had perhaps, and I'm just assuming here, a wonderful marriage with her mm-hmm. is all the more reason why he wanted to do it again. Yeah, that's right? really
1: good.
3: Yeah, Kelly, just one more quick question here. Were you guys involved, were, were the kids involved in the wedding?
5: Um, no, we told them that we were getting married and we decided to elope because okay. they did not have to be a part of it. And to add, I guess, further to the discussion of what we were saying earlier, um they did not have the best marriage, um, and it was uh, you know they grew up in a Christian household. The children are no longer Christians um, and no longer believers, um, and it was uh, very much of a kind of a facade. Um, so uh, yeah. To, so what you know, I would like, say,
3: Kelly, though, is there's some kind of hurt that there, and maybe it is in the elopement that they weren't involved. In that, it's a very complicated situation when this happens because your husband wants to. He should keep connection with the grandkids, but also at the same time, there's giving this message that you know you and he are also kind of this package deal that comes together. And so, Mm -hmm. I think what Chris is saying is right. It's a long game, and it's a Mm -hmm. continuous conversation Mm -hmm. that you'll have with them. But I I would ask them about the hurt uh, if there's any hurt in the elopement for them. Yeah.
1: And so, guys, what?
5: Yeah. Well, we had. If they wanted to, you know, to be a part, we told them that we were looking at a certain, you know, month or date, and they were very adamant that they wanted no part in it. So that's really kind of what drove the conversation to just having an elopement, because having my family there and not his would have just been too awkward and hurtful. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what drove the conversation to just the two of us.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Kelly, this is a really, really painful situation, and, and there, it, grief tends to bring up not just the grief, but all of the other stuff behind it. Mm-hmm. It's cumulative in effect, in, a, in effect, and so there is a good chance that, the, that his children are in a lot of internal turmoil and chaos, and they see you as just adding to that, and so you become the enemy, mm-hmm. the inadvertent enemy. And and we know you're not. Your your heart's good. You want to love them. You want to love your husband really, really well. And I think that this is going to be, take time. The, the struggle is that it's going to be a lot of what their process is going to be outside of your control. And so you just want to really focus on what can I do? How can I be? And how can I remain in trustful prayer, both comfort for yourself and your husband in this painful situation, but also... God help me show up the way I need to be, help, you know, transition their hearts, comfort them. And then what I'm going to do or what we're going to do is we're going to send you a copy of How We Love. I really want you to kind of see through those attachment styles in How We Love because any attachment style we have in in normal life is going to have a 10x effect in grief. And it really will have a a real insight and awareness to what is going on, especially in their internal world. So, Kelly, thank you so much for calling today. We're so sorry that you're in that situation. And I think that there are a lot of people who are. And so one of the things that we want to offer is continuous help and support. I think we are all finished up with our weekend workshops and intensives for 2020. What are we in three? Three.
6: (laughs) I got really confused for a
1: second. (laughs) But I want everyone to look ahead to 2024. You know, we have the intimacy and marriage weekend. And if you're struggling in your marriage, that is a weekend that is designed just for you. Or if, man, we have been through a lot this year and we want to re-up again. February 16th through the 18th in Orange County is Intimacy and Marriage. If you are continuing to struggle with some sexual brokenness and acting out as a man, Every Man's Battle, January 12th, Washington, D.C. Check these out, plan ahead, and we'll be right back.
4: We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back to New Life Live, Chris Williams, Mark Cameron, Doctor Jill Hubbard. We're here for you today. Something that something else that is here for you today is that if you are struggling with an issue in your life and you just on your own, uh, maybe even with the help of a few other friends, can't seem to get through it or get over, we have a nation-wide network of Christian counselors and coaches, as Terry just mentioned coming back from the break. It is 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We can get you connected today, but you don't have to struggle any longer. You don't have to circle the same pain mountain over and over and over again. Let us help you and reach out, and it can be incredibly helpful. I know it's been helpful in my life. And we are now going to go to Jennifer in Dayton, Ohio, listening on YouTube. Jennifer, are you there?
7: Yes, I'm here.
1: Jennifer, what's going on?
7: Hi, Um. thank you for taking my question. Um, so about a year and a half ago, I was in a relationship um, with a guy, and um, it was just very unhealthy. It was, um, I'd say, now that I look back, it was, definitely more lust and we moved very fast and it really helped me to see a lot of unhealthy things that I didn't know about myself like being very codependent and and things like that um and then after the relationship ended um this person has been divorced before and was also dating somebody right before me and he moved quickly like talking back with that person that he Mm -hmm. was dating and um, I knew that he was also connecting with his ex-wife again. Um, and he still, like, served in ministry during this whole time, and he still is now, which is fine. I think that he has been healing and doing better. But for me, I've been carrying a lot of anger um, and bitterness towards it because it's never something that was really brought to the light. Mm, um, yeah. Like, on my end, and I still have to serve with him often. And, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional about it just because, um. There's still a lot of hurt there, and I just don't exactly know how to go about it. If it's like a conversation I should have, if it's something I should bring up to the leader. Um, so yeah, I'm just. So so the some...
6: question
1: the question for us is like, what do I do about having to be around this person?
7: Yeah. So I have to be around him, and so I would really like there to be like on my end some kind of reconciliation or. Um, like, I just don't know if he knows how much I'm hurting from it, mm-hmm. from his actions. And so I don't know exactly how to go about that in a healthy way.
1: Yeah. Jill, what do you think?
7: Well,
2: Jennifer, just a little clarification. You're hurting from him moving through your relationship so quickly.
7: Yeah. So he was date Like, I, I just felt very used because okay. he was dating somebody and then he started to pursue me. Um, and so then I started to like him. I kind of already did before. And so then when he started pursuing me, I'm actually the person that brought up the conversation to him because I was like, if you're going to pursue me like that, I have to know your intentions because it kind of messes with my heart. And then he told me what his intentions were. And then that's when we moved very fast. And then after he, he had a lot of mixed messages while we were talking. Mm-hmm. And then after we stopped talking, he moved on again very quickly. So, so it's it made right. feels very useful.
2: Okay, so yeah. you you were feeling used, and that's never yeah. been talked about between the two of you. Exactly. Okay. And so I I can see where having a conversation where you're able to voice that could be helpful mm-hmm. for you. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's any um, expectation that you have of him and a response mm-hmm. from him.
7: Hmm. I would definitely say there was in the beginning, and there still could be, um, and maybe a lot of it, too, is I just don't know how to cope with all the emotions <laughs> that I feel like, mm-hmm. because I have to be around him often, mm-hmm. and so we're serving together well, in the and, ministry, and so that's what makes Well, it and fun. there's a lack of an integrity there. I For mean, sure. Certainly, yeah. I can
2: understand he's wow. you know was recently divorced and kind <clears throat> of almost in a manic dating <clears throat> Phase yes. dealing with his pain, right? And you yes. were one yes. of the casualties of yes. that. Yes,
7: and he also, he also had drug issues before that as well. Okay, so... Makes even
2: more yeah, sense. So, so <laughs> Jennifer, I just want
1: to point something out. I want Mark to jump in here, too. This person doesn't know intimacy. He only knows intensity, and he's mm-hmm. mistaken mm-hmm. the two for mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that intensity comes Mm -hmm. with—I mean, it's a powerhouse. He's a girl collector, you know. (laughs) But he's going. Well, and
2: if it's lust-filled, if he's sleeping, then it's just another thing for him to get a a, for sure.
1: And truly, an addictive process. And I just want to say that this person is not safe for you, but Mm -hmm. they touched something inside of you that is critically important.
7: Mm -hmm.
1: Your desire to be desired. Yeah. Because intensity, that intensity of pursuit in romantic relationship taps into that desire to be desired. Mm-hmm. And then turns it to a 10, and then he was able to turn it down to a zero, and your heart just gets played with.
7: Right. Yep, yeah. That's exactly how I felt.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you hear the music. We're we're going to go to a break here soon. But I just want you to know um, that you don't have to be around this person.
5: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That that obviously there might be sacrifices and there might be some losses around that. But he presents to you a pain trigger.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And so being around him is just an invitation to pain. And what needs to happen is, we'll, and we'll talk a little bit more about this after we go to the break, but what needs to happen is more healing in your heart for that to occur. And not to say that you ever have to be, but you may have to be looking at some changes in your life that may be unwelcome, but may be necessary. So we're going to help you out with that once we go back to the break. If you want to join us today, it's 1-800-229-3000, and we'll be right
0: back right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
4: We're glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1 800 229 3000. Now, back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back to New Life Live. We're talking with Jennifer in Dayton, who is having some Dayton issues. And so, um, Jennifer, again, thank you so much for calling. This really is a painful situation. We feel for you. And so, Mark, what do you think? Now what?
3: Yeah. So, Jennifer, I think you're dealing with a common issue of, you know, that happens to folks when you break up with somebody, but you share an element of the same community and you have to keep seeing that person, right? And uh, and so what what we really what you really need is healthy detachment, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's hard for you because I think you were kind of intimating here that you guys had 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 sex, and when you have sex, right, we release bonding chemicals um, in women. It's called oxytocin, right, and and you know then when you. Sp- get out of that relationship, right? You still feel this bond. You still feel this mm-hmm. desire toward the person. But what I'm hearing you say, too, is that you have to be around him. And I think Chris touched on this. You don't have to be around him. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the element of healthy detachment is to create space. And I know that might sound unfair if you guys go to the same church. Uh, and you know, because maybe he should be the one to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, But it it is unfair, and I think what you've got to do is prioritize your healing and think about what's best for you. Maybe there's a different service that you can go to. Maybe there's a different... Um, uh, part of uh, of ministry that you can serve in to not be around him. And I would say, if you, if you do have concerns that he's doing the same thing with you with other women in this community, maybe it is something that you do bring up. Well, and I think, it, a
1: and I think a good way to bring that up is just to let whatever ministry you're serving in, if there's a leader of that ministry, to say you have to step away, and here's why you have to yes. step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. you don't have to give all the gory details, nor do I recommend that, right. but you can be clear on why you have to mm-hmm. step away. And then, and Jennifer, I just want you to surround yourself with safe, loving older women who, mm-hmm. who you see in healthy relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Get, get yourself one or two mentors and then other women to connect with to help heal your A- heart. As
2: well as therapy. Jennifer, Absolutely. if you haven't yeah. done therapy, you're still hurting over this relationship, and that's the perfect yeah. place to process that hurt.
7: And I, I am in therapy, and, uh, and I just want to say too, we did not have sex, but oh. anytime we were together, it was very like lustful, and there was a point where we held hands, and even in that, to me, it was very like like I went to my house right after that because we could have kissed in that moment. And that's just when I realized, like, this is not okay. And so that in itself, to me, I could see how powerful um, yeah. an attachment just by mm-hmm. holding yeah. hands. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, for sure, I'm glad that the other part did not happen because.
1: Well, <laughs> well, good. <laughs> well, good. Cause, good cause, yeah. too. <laughs> well, and we're we're going to send you two books. We're going to send you a copy of "Is This the One," and mm-hmm. we're going to send you a copy of Henry Cloud's Trust. Mm-hmm. And both of those will help bring clarity to you in your journey on, like, what makes a good, safe, healthy person and relationship, and what do I need to be looking for? So, Jennifer, thank you so much for calling in today. We wish you very, very well going forward, and we're going to go to Mike listening in Phoenix, Arizona on the internet. Mike, are you there?
6: Hi. Can you hear me okay?
1: We hear you well. What's going on today?
6: Uh, Too much
1: yeah i hear you.
6: I'm with you on that so it one. It's kind of cool here I mean it's not we're not dying of heat, so that's been nice that's good. well, my daughter's a freshman in college, and we moved her up to college. She got her dorm set up. she's ready to go, and everything was going great. but then she met some guy and I haven't met him yet but you know how, unfortunately, like with grades, you could track kids' phones. I mean, it's good, it's safe, but sometimes you don't really want to know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
6: But anyway, <laughs> um, that's just me avoiding. But so we're tracking her phone, and she's spending more time in this boy's dorm room, like overnight, like for days, mm-hmm. and she's still safe. I mean, we talked to her, but she's they have he has a a dorm that's kind of like an apartment where you have a room and a bathroom, you know. hmm So it's not... So she's been in the night there, multiple nights, you know. I think she's been there most of the time since Thanksgiving. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm trying to... Uh, I mean, we've talked to her several times, and... Uh, so, so Mike,
1: Mike let me help you out. What's your primary concern? What... What's the problem that you want to address today?
6: So, uh, well, I'm really concerned about her and pregnancy and disease. And morally, we raised her a Christian girl. And I'm just thinking about withdrawing money and just saying we're not going to pay for college. So it just seems a little severe, but...
1: Yeah, so it's it's you're financially supporting her in her college. She is making lifestyle and sexual choices that go against your value system. And so one of the things that you're considering is withdrawing that financial support from her. Yes. Okay, yeah. All right, Mark, what do you think here?
3: Yeah, this is a difficult one, Mike, because your daughter is finally getting... Um her first experience of being away from you guys um, as her parents and, you know, and and trying to figure out what it's like to be an emerging adult in this world. And she's making decisions that are against your moral values. Um, and so what I would do is I would start with a conversation with her first, I, you know, and, and let it be more of an exploration conversation, you know, and, and say something like, I noticed that uh, we're tracking your phone that you're spending overnight. Uh, Time with your new boyfriend, and I'm concerned about that. And help me understand where you're at morally um, Mm. uh, and, you know, what are your thoughts on your faith and how does that impact you? Let it be this exploration with her and then give her, you know, your concerns. If you are considering withdrawing um, financial support from her, I, I, I would maybe first put some guidelines around you know you're paying for college and what your expectation is and if she chooses to do certain things in her lifestyle then you are maybe going to have to make decisions about whether you want to fund that kind of lifestyle or not
6: right that's
3: good
2: yeah mike is she your oldest youngest she's the youngest okay did the others go to college did you have this experience with the others or is she the first to kind of go outside of uh, the family well, values
6: she has an older brother but she's the first one to go to college yeah
2: okay well so she's your your oldest girl and yeah typically parents dads are very protective of daughters mm-hmm. and there's a bit of a double standard wanting daughters to stay more pure perhaps but it's devastating when you've raised a child and you learn and now parents we learn easily things um but when you learn really that that some of what you taught didn't stick Or wasn't internalized. They didn't really make it their own. They may have parroted Mm -hmm. what you wanted them to Mm -hmm. believe and know. And now, out in the real world, it's not panning out. So I I want you to be aware that there's a grieving process for you. Mm -hmm. And there's a tendency to want to just, like, bring the hammer down and just push her away in a sense because how could she do this it feels like a betrayal Mm -hmm. to you as well and so it's important you and your wife acknowledge that and that you even acknowledge it to her we are really grieving Mm. over you know what we thought we had taught you that didn't get internalized and that we're asking you to give us a little space to grieve that loss And so let yourself have some time. So I really like what Mark was saying. Let's not bring the hammer down yet. And instead of you talking at her, because obviously that hasn't worked, I want you to try to get her to articulate more. Because... Often, the right hand and the left hand doesn't know what it's doing. Mm -hmm. And kids at this age are still highly impulsive. Their brains are still run by dopamine. If this is a first boyfriend experience or certainly a first one outside of mom and dad's home, she may be being overly influenced by him. Get her to articulate Without you first putting judgment on
3: it, yeah, and she could be feeling a lot of pressure, and she appreciate could. that you would come to her um, with some mm. of these questions yeah. and and concerns. Yeah. I, I Steve, um, not Steve, Chris mentioned yes. something earlier about behind control is fear, mm-hmm. and so I I would be ca- cautious about. Making it feel like you're trying to control her because, yeah. and this is difficult okay. for parents, right? To so learn how hard. to let go mm-hmm. and see their kids make decisions that we wouldn't make ourselves, right. for sure, yeah. for sure.
1: Well, Mike, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna send you a copy of "Doing Life with Our Adult Children" with uh, Jim Burns. It's a great, great book. I think it's gonna really help you kind of navigate some of these things.
2: It just is. Well, and hard. He has a whole section on that
1: Exa- when kids
3: go outside of
1: exactly, our exactly. So we'll be right back right after this.
4: find out more information about new life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program call 1-800-NEW-LIFE now back to new life live
1: welcome back to new life live and we're going into our final segment if you've been hanging on we're going to be again in studio for two hours stay with us we'll try to get back get to you in the next hour if we don't get to you this hour um but yeah we love helping you love talking with you and love connecting. So, so hold on. Yes, but <laughs> so hold on. Hold yeah. with us, yes. So now we're going to connect with Michelle in San Jose, California, listening on KFAX, K-F-A-X. Michelle, are you there? Yeah, hi.
8: Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call,
1: and I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Jill is very um, intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So um,
8: my question I'm going to start with first, um, I'm looking for help trying to understand why my five-year-old grandson um, exhibits emotional physical outbursts at school mm. and not anywhere else. It's kind of like I'm looking for what's triggering him in the classroom. Um, so he's, um, like I said, five years old and um, he was in speech therapy for ages three to four at the county school for health, and now he's in transitional kindergarten, and he has um, an IEP,
5: mm-hmm. um, he yeah. can,
8: he's very bright, he can almost read, um, but he has um, behavioral issues in school, but not at home or any other um, places he's at. Okay. So. Yeah, so what I'm trying to understand is, um, or looking for help on, is is his teacher not giving him more clear boundaries or consequences when he's acting up? I mean, is that causing him instability
1: there? Well, Michelle, before we go to the cause and even the solution, I think we we have to figure out more of, like, what's going on with him and Mm -hmm. inside of him. Just um, curiosity, where's mom and dad in the picture?
8: Oh, he's there with him at home. He's in a stable home Christian environment. Yeah,
1: and, and what's mom and dad doing about it?
8: Um, they um, tried, well, first of all, when he had the issues with his speech, they got him to help to the yeah. county for speech, and then um, they uh, hired an advocate to help them uh, mm-hmm. Works with the school to try and get him help.
1: That's great. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah, so And how are how are they impacted by his behavior? By by what's um, happening at school?
8: It's very stressful for them.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. And and what are the outbursts, Michelle? Is he fighting? Is he running away? What's he doing?
8: Um. From what I understand, it uh, kind of began with him. Uh, knocking his chair over, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't go. Be- he doesn't like going between different groups. Like you know, they might be doing something with coloring and then move to mm-hmm. a reading group. Um, he didn't like that. Um, he has been uh, also physically reacting out to other kids mm-hmm. in ways where he might smack them or something. Or mm-hmm. uh, but. We have talked to him about it, and he's told us, well, so-and-so took this toy away, or they didn't give me this Mm -hmm. toy, and so we've worked with him on, well, you have to wait your turn, and, you know, the usual things you do with your children.
3: So all behavior is purposeful. So there's something underneath Mm -hmm. that, right? And he's five years old, and he may not have all the language to explain to you what is actually happening on the inside um but he's it sounds to me like he's you know at some point he's going to these fight or flight um reactions uh which is really uh comes from the primal part of our brain right the more complex systems they de- develop later on in life and and the primal pieces of our brain they develop rapidly after birth and um and your grandson it sounds like there's some kind of evocative cue that's happening that's causing him to react from this place some kids do have a lot of challenges with transitions which is what it sounds like you're saying here too going from one thing to another so it's important to understand that if he if he struggles with transitions you know there might need to be some cues before and some space between and some checking in after when when he uh, uh when he's in the new environment or in the new you know whatever piece of, of The classroom activity that is happening so that might be something it's probably good for you know parents um, and the teacher to kind of collaborate together to say this is what works at home maybe you can try this at school but also asking the teacher right before the outburst what just happened in the classroom because then you might be able to figure out you know an association between Mm -hmm. his behavior and Mm -hmm. the cue that's causing it
8: yeah, they have talked to the teacher and given her, um, like, I don't know if to say permissions to, like, if he knocks his mm-hmm. chair over, you can take his chair away from him and tell him to sit on the floor or put him in a, you know.
3: But what uh, I'm saying is finding out what yeah. is happening right before that behavior happens, because sometimes that's where the, the solution is, is figuring out there's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a trigger and then there's the reaction, Mm-hmm. Well, you 're focusing a lot on the reaction, and how do we stop that but what i 'm saying is figure out what 's the trigger okay
8: right
2: yeah,
8: we 've been we 've been trying to work with the teacher but
2: um, well and michelle i 'm wondering if either the parents or perhaps a, a specialist is doing any observation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like to actually be able to sit in the classroom and see what is happening you know the the specific focus on your grandson because the teacher has a lot of kids to handle mm-hmm. and yeah. so she may not be able to implement all of the things that he may need but to have someone else's eyes on it and then develop a plan mm-hmm. could be
3: useful. Right. Someone who's just has eyes on your grandson, they right. may see something that the teacher is missing. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Also, I don't said. know I don't know if he has siblings or No, no. Okay. So or if he's been around other children. And I know I've shared this before, but I remember when my son was little and the first time I had him in a group kind of classroom mm-hmm. setting, I went, oh, my brilliant child is quite immature, like seeing him <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> yes.
2: amongst peers. Yes. And and this is a different world when he, if he's an only child and it's safe and secure and calm and uh, limited exposure at home, there's a lot going on in a classroom. And his interacting with peers it sounds like he's troubling. He's troubled by that and and may not read all the cues in terms of yeah. other kids that maybe have siblings and are used to that.
1: Well, Michelle, I want to add one other thing here as well, because we're coming up uh, against the end of the show here soon, is that one of the things that we have difficulty in, and, and I know I do, is that I mistake my children's behavior as a reflection on me. Mm. I Personalize it and it's not personal, and, it, and it's a mistake we yes, made. I knew yeah.
2: I wasn't immature,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, 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 but you think but, you're a bad parent, right? Yeah, what am I doing wrong? And I think that this, and I think actually that that's the wrong starting point. Mm-hmm. What are we all doing? What is the school doing wrong? What is the parents doing wrong? What is the grandparent doing wrong? Right. No one's doing anything wrong. Even what is the child right. doing wrong? Right. It's what's right. happening to him. Yes. How, how do we get it, into yeah. environments and processes and figuring out what is going on behind? And I do, so my encouragement to you is to seek out a child behavioral therapist mm-hmm. to outside of school, outside of home, to really help the child get into a safer place to figure out what's going on inside of them, and, and, and a good, a really good child therapist can can really help them. And I think that gives the clues to the solution and the pathway. So, Michelle, thank you so so much for calling in. Thank you all for being with us today, and we're so grateful for you. Bye bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute. Leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.